right. Well, let's pray. Father, we thank you right now, Lord, for this opportunity. Father, thank you for your word. Thank you for who you are. Thank you for just uh, continuing to do a work within us, Father. You know, Jesus told us to start with inside. I mean, you used, I, you used a tree as an example, Father God, and its fruits. Uh, but, Lord, I really believe it starts with the roots. You know, as we get our hearts uh, ready and, and open our hearts and our thoughts to you, Father God, we thank you that the seed you're about to plant, Lord, your word will take that root, Father God. So those roots can take deep ground. And when we face things, Father God, we remember that we stand strong because of Christ. So, Lord, in this word, I push aside my opinions, my thoughts, my ideas, what I think, Father God. Holy Spirit, you take total control. You speak to us in such a personal way, Father God, where we need it, Father, in all our areas. Because we're hungry for you. In Jesus' name we pray and we all say amen. All right, so we are in our last week of 21 days of prayer and fasting. Everyone good? Yes. Yes. I was like, oh, oh yeah, we're almost there. So keep it going, and it's not too late to join. Just saying that, you know, it's the final week, but it doesn't mean that you cannot join. Still join uh, our prayer and fasting. Wednesday nights have been so powerful the last couple of weeks. I mean, don't get me wrong, we've always had a great prayer meetings every Wednesday night, but for some reason, when we fast and we pray together, when we come together, there's just some type of impact that we can just see just knocking walls down. We had a privilege to have a guy from, I think he was from the Colorado area. Um, he was just in town on Wednesday night looking for a place to pray. And he came, and he's gone. He just came for the day, but showed up to our prayer meeting and said, I just wanted to pray. Can I pray with you guys? I'm a believer. And we're like, yeah, come on in. And so I got to chat with them. We prayed some stuff in his life. Uh, he was pumped up, ready to go back to his home church and just be an impact in his kingdom. And I thought that was phenomenal. And the reason why I brought that up is because he drove all the way from Colorado, okay? So he's doing you guys up. No, I'm joking. That's a joke. That was a joke, okay? Okay. <laughs> that was a total joke. But I do want to encourage you guys, come this Wednesday. If you're doing nothing, come this Wednesday and let's just get into some prayer. Let's just pray some things out. Let's come into agreement and believe God is going to just... Just do stuff in our lives or those areas that we're praying for. The last couple of weeks we've been praying for those that we're believing to come to salvation. I mean, I'm still, I still have family. I still have friends that I know need Jesus. And I'm asking God, Lord, just help me find ways to continue to speak in their life or bring more laborers across their path where, where salvation is, is knocking at their door so they can just answer to you, Father God. And so Wednesdays we're praying and we're declaring those people out. And we're saying, God, you're going to do something in so-and-so's life. And we're believing, Father, that your word is alive and active, that your word is going to penetrate their heart, and that your word is going to make the difference and impact in their life. And so, again, come Wednesdays, this Wednesday, 7 p.m. Uh, again, that's every Wednesday, but for this Wednesday, it is the same time. Just come and just worship with us, and, and let's go ahead and uh, get into some prayer. All right. We are in our final week of our series called Seek First, everyone say, seek first. You know, the anchor scripture really comes out of Matthew 6, 33, where, where Jesus tells us to seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be added unto you as well. You know, Jesus, when he taught, he taught with power and authority. And that one little scripture that I just quoted right now really is, is the basis of our lifestyle. It's really like the foundation of how we should live and pursue to live. 
You know, a lot of times we, we live for materialistic stuff or something that's not going to really bring true joy or happiness, maybe for just a little bit. But God says, when you pursue my kingdom, when you pursue my righteousness, that's including integrity and right living and my commands and, and following what my word says for your life. He says, all these other things, they'll come along. They'll, they'll, they'll come along. They'll be there. But they're not priority. They're not top things in our, in our list. Me is top. Jesus is saying it's, it's I that's going to be the one. And so week one, we quickly talked about, well, what does that look like? What does seek first really look like? And we started with, well, it starts with preparing your heart. Do you guys agree with me that it starts with the heart when it comes to Jesus and the kingdom? It starts with our hearts. I mean, the moment you hear a, a, a word from God or, or maybe you're in worship, it's penetrating the heart. And so we talked about how do we prepare our hearts, and we gave some ways of preparing our hearts about just getting in our word on a daily basis, finding some alone time with God, uh, you know, just spending that time with getting around the church, being plugged in to a church. That's how you're going to continue to seek God first in this life. But we also talked about how this building is not the church. You're the church. Because today at 2 o'clock after second service, when this building is empty, the church is continuing to go, and it's in your guys' lives and in your guys' homes. Res Life, Iglesia Vida, the building will be closed, but the church is still alive and still open, and we need to continue that. And so continue to prepare your hearts, get, get God's word into you. And then last week, we talked about follow him, or follow me is what we titled it, and what it, what it looks like to follow him truly. And we just went to the Hebrew, came back to the English, and realized it is better defined when Jesus says, follow with me. And you're like, well, how, it's just one word, what's the difference? Well, that word with really brings a link. And I really illustrated, a, a lot of times in my life I thought, well, when I, when I pictured Jesus and the disciples, there's Jesus the leader and marching down and everyone behind him following him. Which, it's a great model and a great thing. But that word, follow with me, now became more, hey, let's do this together. And for some reason, I could see Jesus with his arms around the disciples. Hey, let's guys, let's continue to chat and talk. And now you're doing life because Jesus is listening and following the Father, and we're doing it with him. And so we talked about that needs to continue on, not just on a Sunday, but it also has to continue on with going uh, and throughout our lives, at work, at home, with friends, with family, wherever we're at. we got to continue to follow him in this earth with our words and with our actions. And today, I'm excited because we're going to talk about worship. Everyone say worship. worship. Now, when you think of the word worship, what are some things we think about? Singing. That's good. That's exactly what I was looking for. What else? Praising. That's awesome. Anything else? All right, we'll stop there. Okay, so when you think about it, it's exactly what I wanted to talk about. And great answers, by the way. When we worship, for some reason it goes to music, is what I'm trying to say. But let me tell you something. Music is a part of worship. Worship is a lifestyle. Worship is, it doesn't have to require music, but it requires a person to express himself to God. It requires your words. It requires your body language. It requires your, your walking and your talk. It requires your smile. 
It requires, I mean, it's, it's a lifestyle. So we're going to, today we're going to quickly talk about what is it to be a true worshiper. You know, when you go to the book of Revelations, that's right, we're going to the book of Revelations. Okay, you see this whole thing and Jesus starts talking in, in the book of, uh, Jesus starts, uh, excuse me, John starts talking about Jesus and what he's quoting. And this is what he says. Jesus says, and has made us to be a kingdom and priests to serve his God, the Father. To him be glory and power forever and ever. Amen. Now, when you look at that one scripture, I underline one part. It says, made us to be a kingdom and priests. Everyone say priests. Did you know on earth God says, when you come to my son Jesus Christ, you are kings and you are priests on earth? And sometimes it is so hard to believe. I had a conversation a year ago with a group of men. Uh, and, and the question was this. It was like a small group forum, table, table discussion. And they're like, do you see yourself as kings and priests on earth? And everyone said no. And no one here, so don't try to figure out who it was, okay? Because it wasn't even in town. Everyone said no. And it came to me, and they had said, well, what about you? And I said, well, according to Scripture, according to Revelations, we are kings and priests, kings and queens and priests on this earth. And they said, well, how so? And the hand went down. No, I'm not joking. How so? There's a, now there's an argument, a debate that wants to uh, uh, start up. But I chose not to because I went to Scripture and I said, well, understand that we have to define what a king and a priest are. Sometimes as a king and a priest, we think we have to have all these riches in our lives. We have to have a high position. But God's saying no. See, that's an earth def uh, earthly definition. But a king and a priest in him is a worshiper. Someone that's come to Jesus Christ. Jesus told us that we were made, uh, he made us to be a kingdom and priest. When you look at the Old Testament, you'll see two functions of a priest. All right? You see two functions. You, you know, they have the tabernacle. You know, every once in a year, a priest will go in and they would, they would have to go into the Holy of Holies area before God. And then they, they would offer sacrifice, whether it's a, an animal. There had to be blood to forgive of sins. All right? But when you look at these two functions, a priest will go on the behalf of people to God. Holy of Holies in the Old Testament. I'll say that again. A priest will have to go on the behalf of people to God. In other words, they had access to God. A priest had access. Guess what? When you said yes to Jesus, guess who has access to him now? That's right. Say that louder. That's right. You have access to God. The scriptures tell us this, that you can run with boldness and confidence to the throne of God. I'll say that over here. You can run with boldness and confidence to the throne of God. No, now you want to amen. No, I'm, just <laughs> I'm, trying to, I'm trying to show something here, okay? The reason why they have boldness and confidence is because God made himself available. You see, an order in the Old Testament for a priest to come into the Holy to come into the presence of God required blood. Needed some type of animal, blood, to enter and to be in the presence of God. And Jesus says, my blood was given to you. I am the ultimate sacrifice. So when you go to the throne of God with bonus and confidence, you're saying, I got the blood of Jesus. I'm coming with the blood of Jesus. And God's given you full authority and access to come to him. But not only that, I love how our father did it. Because it's not in a scary mode. 
It's in a loving parent mode. Come sit in my lap. Come here, son. Come here, daughter. Come sit in my lap. That is the access, a relationship that we have. The second function of a priest is to worship God. I mean, they came to worship. They entered in the presence to worship God. And I'm pretty sure there wasn't an electric guitar. <laughs> there wasn't a drum set. There wasn't the congas. You know, I'm pretty sure there was no keys to play. It was just them and God. Them and God. And the moment you have a realization that I've made, I have made in that image, and I can come to my God at any time, you want to worship God. I mean... Don't, don't get me wrong, but those two functions, you have to understand that God has called us to be worshipers in our life. What worship does is it impacts our hearts directly. Let me, can I say something real quick? Look, if you don't like to worship when you come in here, you're not going to like heaven. I'm just going to say that right now. <laughs> can I be real a little bit? That's what we're going to be doing forever. <laughs> And it's going to be amazing. Or if you're feeling uncomfortable about even just a little bit of, let me just get in some worship. I mean, you're going to have to break that uncomfortableness. That, is that a word, uncomfortableness? It, you're going to have to break that barrier and just say, you know what, who cares? I'm lifting my hands. Because if you can't do that with your church family who are all in the same page with you, how are you going to do it at work? How are you going to do it in an office? How are you going to do it with family that are, are hostile to God? How would you do that? So in a sense, we're getting you ready for the week. That's why we find it so important for you guys to be here present with a church family. Get plugged in with a church family. Because let me tell you something. When you worship today, I'm going to call you out, dude. I'm sorry. All right. I, I mean, we're worshiping. And it's like, you know, we're getting going. We're just getting out from the cold coming in. And I'm like, all right, God, thank you so much. And we started our first song. And here comes Steve. <laughs> Woo! Yeah! And he comes in and he comes to the front row. Hey, he's more, He's ready. And I, and I love that, man. Let me tell you something. That's an example to me. And I, I, I find that so awesome. You're teaching me something in the midst of that as well, too. So good job for just worshiping your God and not being ashamed of it. And I'm not saying we have to go, yeah, screaming, woo, and your boss is telling me, hey, get back in line, start working, you know. Like, I'm worshiping. No, no, no. That's not what I'm talking about. <laughs> that's not what I'm talking about, all right? Don't be doing, no, I'm a priest in this place. No, 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 no. Because then we're going to have a meeting in the office and we're going to try to look for another job for you. You know, that whole thing. <laughs> That's not what I'm saying. But what I am saying is that it is a lifestyle that we have to have in our lives. But there is one thing I want you to have an understanding in. You see, what would help you come into an area of, of, that, of worship and not be ashamed is a few things you just have to have, have an understanding of. And this one thing I want to tell you, tell you is this because it's going to be really uh, insightful is what I'll say. But understand that worship is not about you. Worship is not about me. And so when we start carrying these things of, of well, how do I look? Or, or I'm just not into the mood right now. That's saying it's about me and what I feel and what I'm thinking. Worship is not about you. But what worship is, is about him. Daniel 2.20 and by the way, Daniel is a perfect example of someone who is a true worshiper. Even in the midst of a lion's den, facing these animals that could just kill him in an instant, he worshiped his God. I mean, that's what caused him to go in there in the first place because the people didn't like it around him. 
because he was a worshiper. But in Daniel chapter 2, verse 20, it says, Praise be to the name of God forever and ever. Wisdom and power are his. See, Daniel understand that it has nothing to do with me, but all of you, God. Worship is about you, God, and worship is for you, God. I'll say it again. Worship is about you, God, and worship is for you, God. It's not for me. So when we are here looking at what's, what's our preference, uh, you know, what, what's best for us, let me tell you something. It's, it starts turning around, and we're missing the point of what worship is about. You know, did you know, <laughs> let's, let's see how this goes. Did you know when people are worshiping in rap that God loves that? Did you know when people are worshiping in rock, God loves that? Did you know when, when uh, people are worshiping in all the different types of styles, Spanish, English, all these, all these uh, different languages, God receives that? Because it's, it's worshiping it. Now, like, can, I, can I be honest with you? When maybe there's a style that you don't like and rock is playing, and what is this devil music playing? And Man, they're proclaiming God. They're still proclaiming God. You have to understand it's the heart. You have to understand it's the heart of the person that's giving. Now, don't get me wrong. I know there's some crazy stuff up out there. But when someone has given all their abilities to God in a maybe a unique way that we're not used to, but it is pure and, 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 and good to God, he receives that. Now, that's not my style. And I would say, what is this? Slow it down. Like, and we, we have those moments. And maybe it's not our lifestyle, but let me tell you something. We cannot be so quick to judge something so easily when it's just not accommodated for us. Because people that are, they're, they're, they're giving it all they have. You know, I, I, I seen this one guy, this was like five years ago, a long time ago. And, and, you know, he had this type of music. And let me tell you something, I struggled. And I said, what? That ain't worship. That's not worship. And I realized, and God talked to me that night, and he told me the place that I was in and that how I was, I was accommodated to my way and how I want it. Because what I was saying was, that's worship, that's not worship. That's not. And reality was, it just wasn't my style. But for me to come hard on it wasn't what God wanted me to do. And then in the midst of that, not only that, in the midst of, of music, he would stop and he shared his testimony and what God did. And the song was all about it. His worship was all about it. It was nothing with me, me, I, I, me, but it was him, him, all him, you, you, all you, God. It's all of you. And so we have to understand that, that worship is not about you. The, the second one is this. Worship is love expressed. I'll say that again. Worship is love expressed. So it's not only just music, but it's also, again, we talked about lifestyle a little bit, but understand it, it's a verb. Worship is an action. Everyone say action. action. Worship is an action. And I believe Paul and Silas in the New Testament are the perfect example of uh, taking worship and making it a verb or making it an action in their lives. I mean, you have Paul and Silas who are missionaries and who are preaching the gospel of Jesus Christ. And they're, I mean, they're, they're coming on people and bringing people to Christ. And they're shaking things up. They're actually world changers in their time. 
They're doing a lot for God's kingdom. And there's a point where they get to a place and they address a couple of issues in certain areas of these people where they, he, they know they're wrong and they want them just to turn and come to God. And long story short, because it is a long passage, long story short, they get mad about it about Paul and Silas and what are they doing here? And they go to government and they go to, you know, all these people that have authority and say, you got to get these people out of here. They're, they're saying some false things when in reality it was scripture and it was true. Long story short, they get beaten for this and they get thrown in jail. I, I mean, it said, the Bible said they were severely flogged. I didn't know what flogged was yesterday and I looked it up quickly. They were beaten. They were beaten for worshiping God for loving God, for sharing the gospel of Jesus Christ. And then they were thrown in prison. They said that they were chained. They were, they, were, they were in bonds. They were chained up. And then they said that they were in the center of the, of the whole place. There's no way in and there's no way out. You are here and you're here for good. And a jail, they had a jailer, someone just watched them throughout the night. Man, talk about a rough day. But guess what they did? Let me, let me read it to you. And it says, about midnight, so it's nighttime, about midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God. Wait, wait, what? Imagine these two men in chains, severely beaten. I mean, I, I'm, I'm pretty sure their wounds that they had, they weren't even being treated. So they're in this little dungeon place. And it says, at midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and they were singing hymns to God. And this is where it really struck me. It says, and the other prisoners were listening to them. The other prisoners were listening to them. When they could have had a pity party, when they could have said, God, just kill me now. I'm done. I did your work. I'm stuck in chains. I, it is done. It is over. I just want to give up and quit. They, they chose to worship instead. They didn't take that right. They chose to worship. But not only that, they chose to sing to God in front of people. People that needed to hear it. And again, when you continue that passage, I encourage you to read that scripture. Acts chapter 16, uh, this was verse 25, but read Acts 16. You'll see that God intervened and an earthquake came. And what was supposed to be like not escapable, the whole place just broke and they had an access out. And they chose still not to move because of another man that could have killed himself. They decided that they wanted to lead him to Christ as well, too. It's a powerful story. But understand that they chose to worship in the midst, can I say it? In the midst of hell. In the midst of trial. Have we ever caught ourselves saying, man, I'm walking hell right now on this earth. It's been hard. It's been hard. And my encouragement to you is this. Continue to seek him first. Seek him first. You know, I, I, I look at a lot of men in my life, older men in my life that God's put, and I get inspired when they worship. There's just something about them worshiping God. Not in the sanctuary, but when they're walking down somewhere or I interact with them or I see them downtown. The smile on their face. The, 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 just You can hear a whistle, in a sense. They're whistling through life. That's so inspiring because they're taking their worship and they're letting other people listen to it. You know, when love is expressed, it's for the world to know. Did you know that? And so when we decide to come with God and seek him first, when we decide to say, okay, God, it is your way and your, your will for my life, and we worship in life, other people will listen and other people will say, what is it that you have? And guess what just opened up? 
an opportunity to share the gospel to Jesus. That is worship in action. That is worship as a verb when we continue this life on earth. And the last thing I want you to uh, understand is this before I close is worship. Everyone say worship. Worship is surrender to God. That word surrender is so hard to swallow sometimes. Because when you think of surrender, you think of losing. If I surrender, I lost. I remember sharing a story with you guys about the game Mercy. And we had to surrender to the other person. And I wasn't going to have it. You know, and we were going to do everything we can to win this one out. Because when you surrender, you lose. But God say, no, my surrender to me is when you surrender, you win. You win eternally. You become victorious. And sometimes it can be hard to put that in through our process and our, and our thoughts. But when you let it link here, when you let the kingdom link here, and you hear the word surrender to Jesus, that I surrender my life to him, he says, I've given you brand new life. I've given you new identity. So worship is surrender to God. Romans chapter 12, verse 1, it says this. And so, dear brothers and sisters, I plead with you to give your bodies... I'll say that again, to give your bodies to God because of all he has done for you. Let them be a living and holy sacrifice, the kind he will find acceptable. This is truly the way to worship him. Did that sound like more just music? No. God's saying everywhere you go, everything you do, not just on a Sunday, but every single day of your life, give yourself to me. I will guide you, and that is worshiping me. You're not only expressing your love, but you surrendered your ways and your thinking in this earth. Jesus says it best this way in John 4, 24. He says, God is spirit, and his, spirit, and his worshipers must worship in spirit and in truth. And if you don't understand that point, he's saying, look, when you're with me on a constant basis and you worship and you seek me first, you are entering in the spirit realm with me. And I see your heart. And what's in the spirit is going to come out in the natural. Whether it's your attitude, whether it's your actions, it's going to come out. I saw this quote the other day, and this is Billy Graham. Now, Billy Graham passed away about a year ago. But I love what he said in this one. He said this. He says, worship in the truest sense, takes place only when our full attention is on God. That only right there was just phenomenal. When our full attention is on God. Because there are a lot of times in my life I've realized, man, I didn't give my attention to God. I kind of just let it, things play out, but I should give my full attention to God. He continues on saying this, your full attention is on God, on his glory, on his power, on his majesty, on his love. And on his compassion. That is true worship. When we put our full attention into him. In other words, this is what it's saying. You worship with your finances. You worship with your marriage. You worship with your parenting. You worship with your family relationship. You worship with your work ethics. You worship with your attitude. And when you get a hold of that. People are going to see a reflection of Jesus in you. That is the best way to reach someone for Jesus. In Psalm 95, uh, verse 6 and 7, it, the psalmist says this, Come, let us bow down in worship. Let us kneel before the Lord, our maker. For he is our God, and we are the people of his pasture, the flock 
under his care. If you don't like to worship, let me remind you, you won't like heaven. Because in heaven, we're going to be doing a lot of that. For the, in the moment you are in the throne of God, you see it for your eyes. You're going to want to worship in spirit. You're going to want to worship him as a true child of God. But he says you can start it now. I'll close it with 1 Thessalonians 5.23. May God himself, the God of peace, sanctify you through and through. May your whole spirit, soul, and body be kept blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. I want you to understand that even though that we live this earth and it's hard sometimes, we, we, life hits us, that we do have this body that needs to be renewed every day. That it's, not, it's not even saved. You see, your spirit has been saved. Your mind's got to be renewed every day. But this body is going to be gone one day. And so every day when we worship, we put this thing in check. Have you ever played King on the Mountain before? Do you guys know what I'm talking about? Okay, some of you guys got smiles because you got memories. You guys are mean. No, this is joking. I remember just growing up as a kid, and if you don't know what I'm talking about, you get a pile of snow. You know, I mean, we, I, I use snow. We used to ask the plow truck guys when we were kids, just make a big mountain in our neighborhood. And they would. And we used to get all the neighborhood kids. And we used to say, all right, are you guys ready? We're like, yeah, I mean, this thing was pretty high, probably as high as the ceiling sometimes. Well, maybe I'm over-exaggerating. Half of that, okay? But it was high. As a kid, it felt like it, okay? And, I, and the object of the game is, the king of the mountain is you got to become king of that mountain. So everyone climbs. And as you're climbing, we're trying to reach the top. But here's the thing. Other people want to be king too. And so what they're going to do is going to pull you down, push you off. And let me tell you something. You did everything you could to get to the top. And when you got to the top, and when you made it, you had perfect leverage to just push people down everywhere. Such a fun game. I'll play with adults. I would love to do that. I think that would be great. <laughs> Challenge accepted. But here's the thing. The reason why I bring that game up is because our spirit, soul, body kind of does that. You know, our body wants to be in, in charge and control of all our thoughts and all our actions and our decisions that we make. But God wants our spirit to continue to lead us on this earth. And in a sense, they're playing king of the hill. And it depends on what we decide to do. Now, your soul is not your spirit. Can I say that? Your soul is not your spirit, and it gets confused a lot. Your soul is your intellectual mind, your decision-making, making, your, your, your mindset. And God says that needs to be renewed every day. But when we don't renew it, when we don't encounter him, when we don't worship him, and we don't allow any of these things to happen, king of the hills happens. And guess who's getting to the top? Your body. And what your body's going to do is, I got leverage now. And therefore, we're in anger. We're always mad. We're in bitter. We're making not so good decisions. We speak harshly to certain people because I'm just upset right now. I'm just simply upset. I woke up, woke up on the wrong side of the bed, so take that for no reason. And, and God's saying, again, when you understand my word and my worship, worship, you worship me. And you let your spirit take control. Your body's going to rise up. All these things that you, you used to be is going to rise up. And you're going to say, no, because in the name of Jesus Christ, I am been made brand new. No, I can do all things. Even though I don't see it, I can do all things in Christ Jesus who gives me the strength. And what's happening is your 
your soul and your spirit has lined up and your body has subjected to that. 21 days of prayer and fasting, did you know that's what that is? You know, I had many conversations with a lot of you guys throughout the weeks. And it's like, man, I saw that steak the other day and I wanted it so bad, but I really wanted to get into like his word. And so I said no to it. My mom was telling me the other day, man, I saw this chocolate and some Coke, you know, and she's like, and I'm just, I love Coca-Cola and I love my chocolate. And she says, and I was facing it and it was looking at it and it was looking back at me and it was saying, hey, come here. <laughs> Melinda, come here. <laughs> you know you want me. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm just <laughs> but I love what she said because she had said, but I chose not to. I said, you know what? I'm, it's time to get in my word. And she read. And she worshiped. And now she's facing it. She says, I'm getting better at it. She says, I'm getting stronger. Because guess who's on top? We only give you the opportunities. We're not starving you. <laughs> We're giving you opportunities to grow in spirit and grow in, and grow in, in your mindset and renew, have these opportunities. That's why I say, God, it's so important. Be here on Wednesdays if you can. I understand schedules. I get it. But if you are just like choosing not to because I just don't feel like it, who's, 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 who's king of the hill? The reason why I bring this up is because you have so much to inherit on earth. You don't have to wait till then. You can do it now, the Bible says. You can have it now. But he says, abide by my word. Follow my ways. Give it all to me. Surrender. Surrender your life to me. Surrender is what God is saying. Surrender it to me. And I will make things happen in your life on your behalf. I've made you a priest on earth. I've made you a king or queen on earth. So you can reign with my spiritual fruits. Not the natural side of things. That stuff will come, the Bible says. But he says, my righteousness, my integrity, my kingdom first. An opportunity for you. So when you come, even in the morning, on Sunday mornings, and you come to worship, it is your opportunity to get your heart ready for what God's about to plant into you. Have you ever worshipped? And you're worshiping, you're like, yeah, woo, and you're clapping, and then you kind of get into this, this mode two songs later, and you're like, oh, and you start thinking about, man, why did I talk to my mom that way? Why did I yell at my kids? Why did I say this to my spouse? And all these things, and you're worshiping, and your hands are still in the air, like you just don't care, right? It's all up there, and you're repenting under your breath, and you say, God, I'm sorry. God, I'm sorry. God, I'm sorry. Because when you worship, God reveals something in here. And ground softens. And before you know it, he's saying, let's, let's take those weeds out real quick. Let's just take them out. And let's try this again. Let's do this again. Because after this, you're probably going to face the same thing. You've changed inside. The world hasn't changed. You changed. Now you're going to go and make an impact on that world. And, you're gonna, and he's going to give you another opportunity to do so. Because you worship. You worship. I'll close it with this one scripture. Luke 10, 27. And he answered... Okay, Jesus, Jesus questioned the Pharisee, and, he, and then this is the answer. It says, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your strength, with all your mind, and love your neighbor as yourself. And the reason why I brought that up, this scripture, is because this. Love God. Worship God with all of you. With all of you. Let's go ahead and close our eyes and pray.
Father, thank you so much for the opportunity just to get into your word, Father. Lord, I pray right now, Father, that you just continue to minister and work in our lives, Father, that today was the day that we just were digesting your word. Lord, we eat your word on a daily basis, but there's another part where we have to digest it and let the nutrients get into us deep down inside, Father. And I believe this is the moment right now where changes are going to happen in our lives. There's going to be a transformation happening that we're no longer going to be be so easily influenced by something else that's not you, God. But we're going to start being influenced by you, Father God. And if this is you guys, and I pray this out right now, if that is you and you're like, time to change the game here. This is it. This is the moment. Let's do it. On the count of three, shoot your hand up. Whether you're recommitting or whether it's the first time I'm coming to Jesus, you're understanding Jesus, I'm going to commit to you right now. I'm going to make this decision now, right now with all eyes closed on the count of three. One, two, three. Three, shoot your hand up right now. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you guys. Put your hand up right now. This is, this is your time. Your time. God's saying, I, I've been waiting for this moment. You guys can go ahead and put your hands down. Church family, there are people that did raise their hand. And they're saying, I do want to change the course. I do want to change the game. And I know Christ is in me. So we're going to pray with them. Let's put one hand over our hearts. And let's repeat after me. Say, Heavenly Father. Thank you. Thank you for Jesus. I believe Jesus has died for me. But I believe the story doesn't stop there. I know he raised from the grave. Jesus, I'm sorry for all that I've committed against you. Even things that I wasn't aware of. Father, put your spirit in me. Because I receive your forgiveness. And I will feel your mercy. And I will walk with my head up on earth, knowing I'm secured with you now. Jesus, I love you. In your name we pray. And we all shout out. Amen. Amen. Go ahead and give it up. Let me tell you something. Those decisions you guys made, it's going to be one of the best decisions you've ever made in your life. It started here with me as well. And I'm going to ask you, if you guys made that decision, we have